0: here
1: hey we're back baby with a
2: vengeance I feel like that's how you start like every episode we're back or well we did this it. time <laughs> this time we actually did it's we, been a
1: long it's been a long time coming man it feels like it's well it has, like it has been, been a month while. month and a half
2: yeah um, we just had so many so many different Label episodes, interviews, I should say, that we are kind of cranking out. And those are still to come. Like, there's uh, a number of interviews that are still going to be coming out. We're going to continue with our uh, look. This time at Tooth and Nail, we're going to get into kind of the, uh, I guess, the... The nitty, the the deal or the rules we've set for ourselves on this one, because this one's a little different from any of the other labels we've covered yeah. so far. I did want to say though, because you said we're back with a vengeance, uh, that reminded me of when I went and saw Weezer back in 2002. I guess it would have been uh, Rivers came out on stage, and I feel like maybe they immediately went into a song, and then like just he hardly spoke. This was they were touring for the Green album. Okay. Uh, he hardly spoke in between songs, but one of the things he said was just, we're back with a vengeance, and then kicked into <laughs> another song. And I'm like, it's just so funny to me because Weezer is... I don't picture them as this, like, serious band, and he was just being silly, but also, like, it was serious. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then they played their latest song. Yeah. With no revenge. Yeah. Yeah, that was... that. That brings up one of the biggest pet peeves I have of going to shows, even though I miss shows. We were texting about this just the other day. Yeah. Like, man, I can't wait till shows come back. But one of my pet peeves with shows is uh, when you go see a big band or a fairly big band and you know they've got like that number one hit, that big song, huge song, maybe they've got a couple of them and you know they're like, this is our last song and they play some song and you're like, well, clearly it's not, because in Weezer's right. case, when I saw them, they <laughs> hadn't played Buddy Holly yet. So, like, uh, yeah. obviously you're planning, you know, an encore. And the nice thing was, is when they came back for the encore, you know, they threw in like a cover. I can't remember which song it was now. I, like at the time, I knew it, but I don't remember off the top of my head what the cover was. But they played a cover song and then Buddy Holly. But, um, yeah, it was just like, it's so funny when you see those bands. And it's like, man, you haven't, you haven't played... You know, like when I saw Coldplay, they like finished and they hadn't played Clocks yet and they were touring the album that Clocks was on and it was this massive hit. I'm like, you're not done. But what if we booed you?
1: What if everyone just left, being like, you know what? Well, they're gonna come back for the encore and there's gonna be six people standing there. I was gonna say,
2: what if what if everyone at that Weezer show is just super pissed off that they didn't play Buddy Holly? And so they left, like, man, that sucked. They didn't play Buddy Holly and Weezer comes back out and there's just nobody left in the room. That'll show them. That'll show them. For sure. Anyways, welcome to Growing Up Punk. The podcast is about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And as you mentioned, it's been a while, man. Yeah, I've been uh, seeking my revenge
1: ever since our last episode.
2: That's awesome. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> no, it's,
1: yeah, it's, it's been, uh, I guess, well, it hasn't been a really been a break. We're still recording interviews and yeah. doing stuff. It just... It feels weird when we don't get to see each other's beautiful faces.
2: Yeah. Like it's been, like you said, the last episode we did would have been Equal Vision, which I mean, I can't even, I don't even know what the release schedule has been now that I think about it. We've just had other episodes come in, like the Stretch Armstrong episode, the interview that you did, which if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to the Stretch Armstrong one, you should go back and listen to it. I think it's a pretty, pretty awesome episode. And it kind of tees up something that we're going to do uh in the future when we're done going through these labels so if you go listen to the episode you'll figure out exactly what i'm talking about i think but um in the meantime i'll just leave it at that but we're going to take a look at tooth and nail records this episode so we've been going through just different labels that we loved that and that um you know influenced inspired us whatever you want to say uh as we we're you know growing up and i'm going forward we do have um at least one episode on a label that didn't necessarily, for myself, didn't inspire me growing up, but more so as an adult has put out some records that I've loved. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. But the thing about Tooth & Nail is that um, we've covered, realistically, if we were just to do like a, a a broad stroke, like these are our top five releases each from Tooth & Nail, we've really covered a lot of those bands yeah, uh, and those releases. So we decided not to do that, and we decided instead to say, "Okay, we're gonna go 2001 ish and later." And I kind of like threw that that year out there because I think, if I recall, the ever passing moment was, I think the last record that MXPX technically had out on Tooth and Nail, like it was, you know, it was released with A and M as well. But right. um, I think that was the last one, and 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 realistically. That like for me, I know there's like an old school tooth and nail group on Facebook that they they've like pinpointed what is considered old school and what is considered new school. So I don't uh, okay. know what that specific album is, uh, but so we just kind of threw threw a number out there and went. Let's go with 2001 is where we're going to go, and and up until present day, if we so choose. But uh, which is funny because that's really a ton of music when you think yeah, about it's still it. Still 20 years. Well, and like if we were to have opened it up. It's only really getting rid of eight or nine years of the label, right? Like, right, So yeah. it's still the bulk of it, but it's just those, you know, it, obviously like the for us anyways, MXPX and Slick Shoes and Goaty Hook and Dogwood. And, and not to say none of those bands could technically make this list, I will say, for me and i'm pretty sure for you none of those bands did make this list we wanted to try and do something a little different even though dogwood yeah. you know had some great records out after that uh slick shoes i think self-titled would have been the only one that came out on tooth and nail after that so right um and then yeah anyway some of those bands that maybe we would have mentioned in that earlier stuff that would have been eligible uh i will say this ahead of time none of those guys are on there and that's not a disrespect to those bands at all it's more for sure yeah We've covered those bands in a fair bit of depth over over our time doing this podcast. So, we're yep. going to We're going to shine a light on uh, some other bands, which I think will be radical. So, uh I don't think I need to ask you how you discovered Tooth and Nail. I'm sure we've covered these stories over and over I've again. I've got a so. whole new story. Oh, okay. all right. Uh, I, re- I, s- I
1: rediscovered the label this week. Would you say no, it's I'm a... am just kidding.
2: <laughs> would you say it's a oh, what is the what is a the hopes. start no, no. Is it is it a, a different kind of story? And what's the new? Like, uh, no new kind of story. No new kind of story. That's what it is. I was like, you were so close with an actual like tooth and nail pun there yeah. or joke. But I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what is it? But no new kind of story. Um, yeah, I should one. have thought of uh, some other
1: like super random. <laughs> well, there, actually, you know what? I, I I do have some that just came to mind. Yeah. And uh, recently, because I came across, I was going through some of my storage stuff this winter and. And going through some of my cassette tapes and uh, essentially giving them away to people that were going to use them. Yeah. And one of them was the I'm Your Biggest Fan number, Volume 1 compilation. Yeah. Which probably, like, I got that on cassette. And I can still remember listening to that demo at a bookstore And just being intrigued by the types of bands on it. I mean, I didn't realize at the time that they weren't all tooth and nail bands. This was kind of, you know, when labels would do comps with some different labels. And and so I was really listening to it and it was just like, man, there's a lot of weird bands on this. You know, there was a few (laughs) on tooth and nail, lots that weren't. And but it was just one of those things that kind of stuck out because at the time I was like, okay, like I don't know if I love all of this so much, but I, I think I love Tooth and Nail. And then kind of as time went on. So that might have even been one of the, the earlier memories that I, I
2: haven't shared was was that comp. Yeah. I will say this about before we kind of get into our lists, uh, two things. One, as, as is the case, I don't think maybe you've gotten yours written from number five to number one. Um, I don't know. We're just going to bounce no. around. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Mine. Mine are the same way. They're not actually in order. I'm sure I could narrow it down. Uh, so there's that. And number two, uh, same rules that apply in the past. That we've done this only one album per band. And I was thinking about this. Like maybe we should start saying these are like top five favorite bands from these labels because that's yeah. really what it boils down to in some of these For cases. Sure, and I yeah. can only pick one album. But um, but I did want to say about. I guess my relationship with Tooth and Nail at this particular time, because as I mentioned before, you know, like I grew up on the label. Tooth and Nail was the label that really introduced me to punk rock in the first place through MXPX and then, you know, obviously through bands like Slick Shoes and stuff like that. But come this time, I'm looking at my list, a few on my list for sure, and I know a few on your list. I like fell in love with those bands and those albums because I was actually working at a radio station at the time that played a bunch of those bands. And that's kind of how I, you know, stayed in touch. Whereas like, you know, in the earlier years when I was in junior high and high school and whatever, it was, I was in touch with those bands because I was searching out tooth and nail stuff. By this point, a lot of these bands, I kind of moved on, you know, I was, I was in my twenties or whatever and working full time and stuff like that. And it was more just I, I learned about them, you know, through work. So uh, it's kind of kind of interesting for me to go back to some of these records and go, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. Um, so let's get into what's your first record you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say with, with this list, it's really exciting and fun to do because a lot of these albums, at least for me, you know, like the bands we mentioned with kind of the punk era, like those are ones that, you know, I went back to time and time again and still do. And a lot of these ones, it was fun to go through because there's so many that, you know, I've listened to over the years. But it was like, well, what ones do I keep coming back to? You know, none of these, you know, I've listened, you know, when I look at my list, I can't, you know, see one of them and be like, oh, yeah, I've listened to that album 30 times. Whereas with a lot of the other albums, it'd be easy, easy that much. Mm -hmm. And so it was cool just seeing like, you know, know, going through me like, okay, why do I want to pick this one? What stands out about it? you know it's not you know maybe necessarily what people would expect in there but it stands out for one reason or another and and so that's that's why it's fun to kind of revisit not revisit but you know visit i guess some albums from a label that we've revisited a lot so anyways so the first one i have is a band called number one gun and the album secrets and knowledge I've been listening to Number One Gun since they put out their first album. I think it was on Floodgate Records. Um, was, th-
2: was that celebrate mistakes?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, yeah, then they signed with Tooth and Nail. And I remember hearing about that and being really excited about it because I thought they were a really cool band. It was, you know, kind of in that pop punk genre, but it had a bit more depth to it. The vocals really stood out. The production there was just something special about it and uh, so when they signed with Tooth and Nail and uh, this is i think the third release or yeah it's a fourth studio album by them um but it was their third on Tooth and Nail released on January 26 2010 and there's just something special about this album and i think by this point it was mostly just their singer Jeff who was i think the main singer songwriter Um, by this point had kind of just been doing the band kind of on his own he he was a a producer so he had a studio he was able to play all the instruments and uh, just a a superb vocalist really cool melodies and uh, great range on his on his vocals and, and cool song structures and I don't know just one of those bands that when I put on I feel like there's always it kind of takes me to a place and and just reminds me of of something different. I don't know, it's kind of a a weird thing to explain, but there's a lot of different dynamics on this album. You know, there's really upbeat, catchy songs and kind of slower ones, but each song has something kind of special and unique about it, which is why I picked this one and why I keep going back to it.
2: Yeah, this this record's interesting for me. So... I think you're right in it just being Jeff at this point in time, because I know a couple of the guys had splintered off and started a band called Surrogate, right? Uh, which their album Love is for the Rich was on my like, short list. In the end, it didn't make my my, my top five or whatever, but um, really enjoyed that album. But with, with Number One Gun, it's interesting because I owned, I bought Celebrate Mistakes and really liked it. And then that was kind of it for me for a little while with Number One Gun. And then came back to them a few years later this is a band that um you know I guess I kind of reconnected just through work and all of a sudden going like man they got a lot better like I liked Celebrate Mistakes but it was also one of those albums where I'm like okay they're like knocking on the door of something good but you know not every song is a hit uh and not necessarily a hit as in like oh it's gonna have you know success on the radio sort of thing but just like not every song is is that great? But then their albums—they had a couple of albums in a row that I was like, "Oh, this is really good." And I think it probably boiled down to when it was, you know, mainly just Jeff or you know Jeff and a select group of people that were working on these records. And uh, yeah, no, they're they're really good. Really dug them. Um, I guess I'm just trying to see where I want to go with my list here. I, I think I'm going to go with a band that you know I was kind of into before. Uh, a number of these as well I'm gonna go with me without you catch for us the foxes Which this record came out in 2004 as their second studio album. It was produced by Brad Wood, who this is kind of cool, worked with bands like Sunny Day Real Estate, The Smashing Pumpkins, and eventually Say Anything. Um, and I know Me Without You further down the road. I don't remember off the top of my head right now which record specifically, but they actually um, had a song that featured uh, the lead singer of Sunny Day Real Estate on it. So I don't oh, know cool. if that I don't know if that connection was made through through brad or if it was just you know whatever the case i think they also maybe that same record or not had a song with Haley williams from paramore on it oh yeah cool which is also like such a weird thing for me because like yeah me without you is a band that so i think i was first introduced to them through um a dvd uh called this is solid state and i think that's what it was
1: well they well they weren't on solid state
2: well no i know that's why i'm like i'm questioning if that's what it was but it was definitely on a on a dvd um yeah could be was it but was that first record AB was that life? first record uh, yeah A B life was that on solid state because that the song was off it was like um i can't remember the name of the song now i'm gonna look it up though because i want to know ab life was released Oh no, it's tooth and nail um but the song was oh bullet to binary yeah maybe. may it might have been on something else. It was a music video that I had, and I feel like it was "This Is Solid State" because I feel like it was on the same DVD that had uh, that had "Beloved" on it. Now I'm now I'm curious. It might have been something else, so I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Um, volume oh 1999. It definitely wouldn't have been then. I don't know what year it would have been. Anyway, um, no, not that. <laughs> I don't even. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't need to go down this this road. Um, it was it was on a, it was for sure on some kind of video compilation. I saw them play Bullet to Binary, and I was like, oh, their drummer at some point in that video like jumps up off of his drum throne to like hit oh, his yeah. crash cymbal. And I was like, man, these guys are just going off, and they're they're dressed like Amish dudes, and <laughs> like it's just like this <laughs> yeah. weird thing happening. And so when Catch for Us the Foxes came out, uh, I bought it. And I was just blown away. Like they, they changed a little bit from that first record. Not a ton, but like I just found the guitar work got so much better. And when I listen to it now, there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, I just love the guitars on that record. And obviously, Aaron's vocal delivery is unique in itself. Yeah. And he, like they're a band that when I hear other bands do things that sound similar to me, without you, they're a band that I'm often like, oh this sounds like me without you, right? Like, so there's been guitar parts by even bands like brand new where I'm like, Oh, this reminds me of me without you or vocal deliveries. Um, there's a, I don't know if you ever listened to anything that, Involves like kind of spoken word. I want to call it like emo spoken word because there's right. something specific. But so like hotel yeah. books is an artist where, at times, I've been like this reminds me a little bit of me without you. Uh, there's an artist by the name of Listener who really does it. But anyway, this record is forever been one that I I go back to and it's it's up there for me. And it's funny because I own four or five Me Without You records on vinyl, but I've never owned this one. And so it's like the one where I'm like, one day, I think they actually did a repress of it recently, and I just, I have a hard time spending money on vinyl sometimes. It's so much money to ship it. But were you ever into Me Without You? Well, you know what? They They were one of
1: those bands where A to B Life came out, and because it was tooth and nail, I bought it. And it was right before I was heading to Cornerstone, And so, like, I'd listened to it maybe a few times and, like, wasn't super into it, but was kind of intrigued by it. And then I saw them three or four times that week at Cornerstone because Mm -hmm. they were such a good live band. And I kept wanting to go back and watch them. And so I think that kind of was like, okay, yeah, I do like this band. But then every time I'd go back to listen to it on CD or, yeah, I guess CD back then, it always was like, ah, you know, maybe – I don't like this. Maybe they're more of one of those bands where live is really cool because they're just so eccentric and kind of wild and all over the place, especially then. Um, And so, yeah, everything that kind of came out after that, you know, I would kind of listen to or would hear songs here and there, and it wouldn't really capture my attention enough. But, I mean, they're one of those bands that I love hearing about. You know, if they're like on any of the labeled podcasts about them, I love listening to those or – you know, there's just, there's something really intriguing about them. And I think they're a really unique and, um, like genuine band. And so it's yeah. not something I'm going to choose to listen to often, but definitely yeah. respect
2: them. I did. I got to, I've seen them live once and it was even just only a few years ago, they were touring with, uh, brand new, which is, this isn't the last time brand new is going to come up on this episode actually, but, um, they were touring with brand new and, I hesitated. I saw that brand new was coming to Edmonton and I was like, ah, like I like them, but I don't know if I want to pay. I forget what the tickets were. The tickets were pretty pricey and it had sold the show sold out. And I went, okay, whatever. And then I saw that they announced that me without you was opening. And I was like, mm. are you kidding me? Like that just made me angry that yeah. they announced that so <laughs> late after the show was sold out. So I looked into it and I was like, oh, well they're playing in Calgary, like the day before, day after whatever. So I was like, I can I'll go down to Calgary to see them. And so I bought tickets cuz they were playing at a larger venue and there were still tickets available. And I went and saw them. I don't remember who opened. There was three bands, whoever opened, then Me Without You and then Brand New. And Me Without You set was like near flawless. Like the mm. sound the sound was done so mixed so well. They played like perfect. And then it was just kind of funny because I was like, "Dang, that was really good." And I was like, okay, brand new is the headliners. They're coming up next, and it was like the sound guy was sitting at the mixer, like the board, and just went whoa, and shoved all the levels to max, wow. and it was so loud, and just like this actually sounds like crap. I'm sorry, yeah, that's too bad. like. And they opened with, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head, but it's just like I think it's actually an acoustic song, um, on on their first album. But this, he just played it. Jesse just played it on electric guitar and singing. And it was just, like, ear-piercingly loud. Mm. I was like, all right. We stayed for, like, two or three songs. And we're like, I'm out. (laughs) Too much. but uh, Yeah. Well, it's cool you
1: got to see me without you, at least.
2: Yeah. And that was, I think they were touring maybe Pale Horses uh, was the album at the time. Um, But, yeah. What's uh, what's next on your list?
1: Yeah. So uh, another band... um Seeing live changed my perspective on them, and that was 238. And this is the album You Should Be Living. So this was a band that they had released, Regulate the Chemicals, a year or two earlier. And a friend of mine, or a few, loved that album and played it a bunch. I just couldn't get into it. I mean, I just wasn't interested in slower music or whatever you want to call that style. And uh, so again, I was at Cornerstone and there was lots of hype around this band. And so I went and watched. And I somehow was able to watch like on the side of the stage. I don't know if I just kind of climbed up on the side by the speakers or what but i can specifically remember standing up like leaning on a speaker watching them play and it was just something like i've never seen such a i don't know what we would call like light band kind of sound so heavy and just like full and i don't know there was just something about it that just kind of almost kind of shook me and was like okay like i think i really like this band now and uh and kind of <laughs> ever since this this album and then so I went back to regulate the chemicals and I was like okay I do like this now. Yeah. So I don't know what shifted in there but so yeah this is one of those albums again that every time I go back to there's just I take something else from it. You know there's really kind of cool highs and cool lows and different ups and downs and dynamics in it. You know it's a fairly simple album like is nothing crazy like song structure or guitar wise. But I don't know. It's just a really, really unique album and and a really cool band that I'm glad I had that opportunity to change my mind on.
2: Yeah, I uh, I really like 238. Um, Regulate the chemicals is the one that I go to more often. I think out of the out of those, I mean, I guess they had, I think they had three studio full lengths. There was one that came before Regulate the chemicals. And then they had a okay, like a rarity sure. a rarities and b sides album which the rarities and B sides yeah, one right. is the only one I, that's the only one I ever physically owned um but i I really liked it too but uh they're they're interesting because this i mean sp- speaking about this album you should be living the song modern day prayer I've always loved like the guitar and drum work on that song yeah there's elements there's elements of this band that remind me of like Pedro the Lion um and the album control which is one of my favorite albums of all time so that plays into their favor for me and there's parts that also remind me of further seems forever um there's just a a lot of really good stuff going on i think with this band and they're kind of one that you know it's a bit of a bummer that they that they weren't around longer yeah Um, you know still i mean chris staples the lead singer he's put stuff out under his name under his own name and then i think discover america was his band yeah so like he's kind of continued but like i'd be interested to have heard 238 kind of just continuing evolving their sound that they are working on but yeah man i really uh really dig that band which i think is a i guess a good transition then into the next one that's on my list which would be further seems forever and how to start a fire This one was released in 2003. It's their second album and first with Jason, I guess first and only with Jason Gleason on vocals. Of course, he replaced Chris Caraba, who left to focus on Dashboard Confessional. Interesting enough, this album was produced by James Paul Wisner, who also did the 238 records. Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, they also had a guitar player change. Here's Nick Dominguez. I was about to call him Dick Dominguez. Nick Dominguez (laughs) was replaced by Derek Cordoba. Uh, You want to talk about a band... (laughs) that <laughs> just, like, is it... Can you think of another band that released... I mean, they've had four studio albums now, but let's look at those first three, and there was a different lead singer on each of them, and they were all super strong albums yeah. in their own right. Like, yeah, was, that blows yeah, was really, my mind.
1: Yeah, really, really unique that that they were able to to do that and pull it off, and it almost kind of like heightens their kind of status as a band because it's, you know, the you know, like you said there's not a
2: whole lot of other bands that have done that. And uh yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Well, and like so back when we were doing our slick shoes episodes, I said, you know, I don't know if there's another band on Tooth and Nail that had a better like three first three album run than Slick Shoes. I would definitely put Further Seems Forever up against that. It feels a little different because they had a different vocalist and it was, right. it always felt like you were, you were never sure if they were still together. And then, you know, obviously they, after John Bunch, um, they finished with him and then eventually he passed away. Uh, and then Chris Caraba came back and they did another album, which I yep. actually like Penny Black. It's, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel entirely the same, but I still think it's a, a fine album. Uh, and it's just like, there's such a crazy band. This album in particular for me, I went back and forth between this and the moon is down and I do really like the moon is down, but I really feel like their songs came together on this record. Like the moon is down is probably viewed as more of like that influential album because it is Chris Caraba on vocals. It is this band that kind of came out of nowhere. um, But then with how to start a fire, I just feel like the song structure got even better without sacrificing any of those further seems forever elements. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, uh, they're, they've, since I first heard them, they've been a pretty regular band in, in rotation for me. I never got to see them. Um, I was supposed to see them. I'm thinking this must've been, I feel like, I feel like it was on the, how to start a fire tour or like in that run anyway, and seeing that this came out in 2003. So it must've been, and then they broke up, I feel, and then they must have gotten back together again later, and then released. Um, is it light up ahead? Is that what the record's called? Yeah, the, the yeah. John Bunch album. But so I never did get to see them because they never come up here. There was one time they were supposed to come up, and then they broke up, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> so did you ever? Did you get? I don't know if you said. Did you get to see these guys?
1: Yeah, I saw them uh, on this album cycle. So with with Jason. So that's yeah. It was it was awesome. They like they're one of those bands that. I I don't know their music super well, but I really like them. You know, yeah. I was a big fan of um, of Strongarm, which is kind of um, where this band came from, and yeah. so I I do remember kind of when Further Seems Forever kind of you know came out of the ashes of that band, and I didn't quite understand you know the whole kind of like oh like I thought there was it was a hardcore band like why why are they playing this kind of music now? You know, I didn't really understand that at the time, so I think that kind of went against me. Really diving into them, sure. Um, but I mean, I'll be yeah. Over time, that uh, that's definitely changed. And yeah, one of those bands that you know, such talented musicians and really cool albums. And and they left a, I mean, uh, I guess left a really cool legacy. Just like we said, with different singers and and just kind of the back and forth that they've had. And they just seem like they're a band that's really passionate about music and songwriting. And you know, they've never come off as a band that's about you know the fame or. The way they look, they're just you know kind of regular guys that just want to write really cool music.
2: Yeah, you asked like why Strongarm was playing hardcore, and now they're playing this kind of music because now they're playing post-hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> which
1: I didn't know what that was at the time. It's just like well, yeah. that's such a such a drastic shift. I mean, any time a band had that big of a shift, I was sure. confused just because I didn't. Right, there was we didn't have any context as listeners back then. You know,
2: oh, I remember being a, su- super confused when Hopes Fall went from you know the sound that they had on their earlier albums to all of a sudden right. the same guy who had been screaming all these years was now mainly just singing. Like that was a weird thing, right? Like bands were doing strange things at that time, I guess. But um, yeah, no, this is further seems forever is definitely one of those bands that I continue to love to this day and uh, don't need a you know a revisit of Tooth and Nail to go back to it. But uh, what's yep. up next? What's next for you?
1: Yeah, uh, this is one, uh, Too Bad Eugene, the album Moonlighting. Uh, so we've talked about Too Bad Eugene a number of times. And we saw them open for MXPX, and uh, the album they had put out before this uh, was not on Tooth and Nail, so this is the only one they had on there. So of course I was excited when uh, when I saw that they were putting onto their album because I really liked um, the guys or the one, you the two guys and Craig's brother that started this band. And and again, just to to me a unique album. You know, it, it kind of comes from pop punk, but it's it's not super pop punk. It's kind of more mm-hmm. towards the I don't know, just kind of melodic, poppy rock side of things, but it's just, it's super catchy, really good melodies, I, I love the vocals on it, and and uh I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is nostalgia as well, just because when I put it on, it kind of takes me back, but I don't know, I, I just, I thought they did something kind of unique, and then they kind of went away after this one, and uh so maybe that too is just kind of, it kind of leaves me hanging a little bit, which... Right. kind of keeps me coming back
2: in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, too bad Eugene like they're interesting to me in the sense that I was never really able to get into them. Like I saw them we've talked about this tour time and time again but the No Motive MXPX tour um and they were, you know, they were the the opening band on that show and like I just I remember being aware and excited about them cuz I feel like were they not like was that first record was it out on Rock City recording? Yeah. Yeah, so like that was like this neat thing where it's like, oh, like MXPX has this label, and this is a band that they're actually putting out. That's kind of cool, and I just was never really able to get into them. They were always like this band that I was, you know, obviously I saw them live and heard some of their stuff, but um, so that's pretty cool that it makes your makes your list because, uh, yeah, I could just never never get into them. I don't know why. Mm. Well, just yeah, couldn't. I mean, I, I had it on CD, so
1: I I listened to it a lot and. Yeah, there was just something different about it. You know what? Like I said it still kind of hit those pop punk moments but without yeah. sounding like the rest of the pop punk bands yeah. um on the label and so yeah, it's which,
2: which is pretty impressive when you think about it because I mean, pop punk is obviously pretty well known for a lot of bands sounding very similar to each other. <laughs> yeah. So so for them to do it and you know, do something a little bit different is pretty great. Um but yeah, Next on my list uh, would be As Cities Burn, Come Now Sleep.
0: Focus on the horizon then should you go see.
2: 2007 again i think all of the records i've done so far are these bands second albums so there's something oh, yeah. something wow. there um this was actually i guess released on tooth and nail and solid state records so there's oh, that. okay uh produced by matt goldman who worked with bands like under oath the chariot and Anne berlin and uh it this is my i i'm sure there are some people as cities burn fans that are like oh you got to go with sun i i What is it? Sun, I
1: loved you at your darkest. I loved you
2: at your darkest. Yeah, and for me, the vocal change is really what sells it for me. Um, I can't remember what was the. There was a song, song on Sun. I loved you at your darkest. Was it called the Widow? It was something like that. And it's and it's just um, Cody uh, on guitar and singing. And I was like, I listened to that song over and over again. There was a live version from like Cornerstone or something like that on YouTube that is just like really good, and so when I first heard this album, I was like, ah, oh, he's got such a unique voice uh, to me, and the guitar work was there was a there was a change there too. I just I there's I love everything about this record. Um, it's not necessarily the easiest listen for me, one that I come to all the time, but it's yeah. one when I when I do put it on, I'm just like. I have to appreciate, you know, the songwriting and musicianship of it, and for them to make that change, I think. And, you know, we're talking about bands making changes, and I think pull it off very well. Like they, yep. I liked them more, but were you into as cities burn?
1: I yeah, I really liked. Son, I Loved you at your darkest. I had that album. It was one that got played uh, in the in the van on tour a lot. And then when this one came out, I mean, there was yeah so much going on around this one. And uh, I don't need to recap all of that. They I think they did an episode in the Labeled podcast. If right. people want to hear more about that, it's, re- it's really interesting. And so, yeah, I mean, this was a change that didn't get me super excited. <clears throat> and so I don't know the album really well. But, um, yeah, again, one of those bands that I think is cool because they kind of stuck to their integrity and what they wanted to do despite you know, probably being pulled in all different directions. Yeah. And uh, I finally got to see them live a few years ago too, which was oh, nice. awesome. Su- yeah. Super good live band. And so I would definitely go watch them live again, but I probably won't go and uh, choose to listen to this
2: album. Are they back together, like with TJ back on vocals as well? These days? I feel like I've seen uh, them
1: Yeah, like, I don't know least, all the specs enough to... say.
2: At least I think according to their Wikipedia page, like he's listed as um as a current band member yeah it could be uh, i just want to double check but yeah I, I think but they haven't i don't think they've released any music since he's back yeah it says he's a current member of the band okay um but i'm just wondering if they've had anything out oh i guess they they released something on equal vision in 2019 oh yeah yeah that's right
1: yeah was scream- it a full album or an ep well, or something? it's
2: it's listed as a studio album scream through the walls um Oh yeah, but this doesn't. <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't have anything for it. But so I haven't listened to it. I'd be interested to go check it out because, because yeah, they uh, with them back. I'd be interested to see if they kind of kept going that same way or not. But um, anyway, yeah. As cities burn, man. What's up next for you? Yeah. So this is going to be
1: my most. Um Maybe random pick or one that people might be like, "Come on, how could you pick that out of all yeah, the good things there's to pick?"
2: I, I know where you're going with this pick.
1: So, <laughs> but there's I've, I've got some. So the band is "Blessed by a Broken Heart" and the yeah. album is "Feel the Power." And uh, so this was the the final. Hold on, stu- you you yeah. said that
2: wrong. It's "Blessed by a Broken Heart." Feel the power.
1: The the high range at this time of night. Neither do I. (laughs) Uh, So this band, like, I've been following this band pretty much since their inception. So they're a Canadian band, too. So cool to uh, shout out um, one of few tooth and nail Canadian bands. Yeah. Um, Like, I remember buying their albums through, like, local distros, you know, way back in the early 2000s. And I'd been like in touch with a few of the guys over the years, and there was a few kind of crossover connections there. And and uh, I I don't know I I always kind of like their mix of kind of glam and metal and cheesiness. And uh, <laughs> so I I will say there are moments on this album where I'm just like okay this is kind of like borderline, you know, a little bit too much. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's a super fun album. It's produced really well. They're amazing musicians. To me, they really ramped up everything on this album. And, you know, like I mean, there's, sorry, Dave, you'll, you'll probably hate the guitar solos on here. But, um, yeah, there's some awesome shredding. And, I don't know, there's just some really cool songs and really fun. And every time I put this on, I'm like, okay, there's a few songs that I could probably skip. But there's some that get me, like, really, really stoked. So, I don't know, it kind of yeah. mixes, you know. The metal with the pop, with the the cheesiness, I don't know, it's and they're they're a very unique band for Tooth and Nail. I'm not sure like it almost seems like it would be more of a solid state band. Um but, you know, besides a band like Squad Five O who kinda had some glam elements in it, there really wasn't anything else like this band, either on Tooth and Nail or right. Solid State, that kind of yeah. leaned more towards that kind of glam power metal sort of stuff. So I don't know. I thought they did it really well. I love this album. And I kind of went back and forth, but in the end, I was like, "You know what? I gotta pick this one. It's it's a unique album for me."
2: Sure, yeah, I could. I remember hearing all about these guys uh, in the early two thousands. Just you know, like going to shows in Canada and and different bands that you go see. And I just never, I could never get into it. Did they at any point in time? Did they go by just blessed at one point? You know, I think they've kind of gone
1: back and forth on that, or even just kind of done yeah. that, you know, with some advertising. But
2: I well, mean, yeah, all the music she... they've released has been blessed by Broken Heart. It has. Okay, that's what I was. I was. I've in my mind, I was thinking they changed their name. Actually, well, yeah, to just I think blessed, there was like but... talk of that, but then they broke up or didn't do anything or whatever. Maybe, so, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I guess it does say also known as B B A B H. And and blessed. I just don't know if they ever put anything out. As just that, but um, yeah, I, I guess this is a time where we could shout out a, another Canadian band who I debated having. A, they're not on my list, but I debated having them on my list, and that would be Secret and Whisper. Yeah, uh, their album specifically was a Great White Whale. I think is what it was yeah. called. I love that record, but yeah, in, in the really end, cool. I had to yeah I had to cut them. Um, so I'm going to connect my next pick with my previous pick uh, because the lead singer of this band, if I understand correctly played bass in as cities burn at least as a touring member at one point in time interesting um but the band is jones zetta and the album is cruel to be young released in 2008 and again it was their second album however it was also their final album and saw some member changes on this one too uh specifically they replaced their drummer mike parsons with alex warren and it's a bit of a stylistic change is like their first one was their first one i think called popularity it was it was a lot more like for my money it was a lot more like killers 80s synth rock infused dance rock sort of like it was dancy right yeah um Whereas this one, I felt got a little grimier. Uh, it still had its some some dancey elements. It features one of the best uh, vocal features on a tooth and nail record that I can think of. In uh, when Dave Bazon shows up on the song oh, "Sick yeah, in the cool. Teeth," so good. Um, but yeah, it was just this was one of those bands who I was introduced to by working at a radio station that was playing. Uh, I'm trying to think if they played any off this album. They must have. I think there's like um I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they did have a single off this album that's pretty good. But then on uh popularity they had some stuff too. But anyway, um yeah like they're a band that I was introduced to through that and checked them out further. I think I got popularity in like a discount bin for ninety nine cents or something and I was like this is pretty good. And then uh put this record on for the first time went oh this is really good. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those records that I think is quite underrated. Um, mm. doesn't get talked about. Maybe as I mean, maybe I'm just not checking the right circles to see how much it does get talked about. But, uh, was Jones a band that you were ever intrigued by?
1: Uh, intrigued. I'm not sure if that's the right word. I, I do remember <laughs> listening to popularity and being like, okay, like this is fun, but it's not really up my alley. And so I don't even know yeah. if I really gave this album much of a listen just assuming it'd be more of that uh, but I did uh, listen through the first half uh last week and you know I was I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised I was like I I could listen to this like yeah. this could be on while I was driving or doing something and I could enjoy this and yeah it wasn't as obnoxious or like yeah that first album I don't know it was just kind of reminded me of like Panic at the Disco or Hot Hot sure. Heat like just kind of sure. that a bit more kind of like uh hipster kind of i don't know club music or well,
2: like not like dancey club but like i'm questioning the terminology you're using well there, maybe
1: but. more like kind of like bar you know like sure, i don't know okay. like you yeah, kind yeah. of go
2: and they you know it's not dance music but it's anyways it's it's i like i mean it's dancey for sure right like they'll um they they'll, they play some dance beats without actually playing you know programming drums or anything like that but yeah. i it's it's definitely a form of alternative rock that's dancey uh i think it's fair to say that
1: yeah so yeah okay i i suck at describing this band but anyways <laughs> all, all sorts of random thoughts that come with them so yeah yeah
2: no this this is one too that i uh i'll go back to on occasion and just be like oh it's a it's a fun record to listen to so what uh we should have do you have just one left yeah just one yeah what do yeah. you
1: got well, I was just going to say to you, Jones, that it's always interesting when, you know, I mean, there's lots of bands where they've released, you know, their first album and then, you know, people, you know, and then associate with them with that. Well, same with uh, City's Burn. Then the next one comes out and it's like, oh, like, what happened here? You know, it's it's always crazy how much can happen between, you know, an album cycle, whether it's a mm-hmm. year or two where it's like, okay, there's member changes, there's sound changes, there's... You know, band saying, you know, those are kind of songs we wrote when we were 16, 17, now we're, you know, whatever. And so it's, yeah, there's such an interesting dynamic of, it's like, okay, well, you kind of present yourself as one thing and then you're changing and, you know, which is fine. It's just, I guess, just an interesting dynamic of kind of figuring out, you know, okay, do I like this band now or do I not like them anymore (laughs) or or whatever, right? So anyways... Uh, My last one is, um, so I kind of went back and forth on on this band and album as well. Um, That is Anne Berlin and their album Never Take Friendship Personal. second album was released february 1st 2005 i saw Anne berlin uh, here in regina on their uh, blueprints for the black market and that was kind of like before they had you know they were kind of starting to gain some momentum but you know there was maybe like a hundred people at the show afterwards they went out back and just started playing acoustic songs i don't know if it was covers or something and and people kind of started gathering and singing along so that was cool and then the next time they came through, uh, I don't think it was on this album, maybe the one after, like, the show was sold out. You know, there was five, oh, yeah. 600 people there. They had really grown in that time. Um, but, yeah, this I don't know. This album, when I think of Anne Berlin, this is always the one that I go to. I don't know if it's just the one I listen to the most or I like the most. Um, so I just listened to it again a few weeks ago, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this list. And was like, yeah, I still need to put this album on there. Um, yeah just one of those bands who you know I kind of went up and down you know throughout their discography you know i I was definitely drawn more towards their kind of upbeat songs versus the slower ones um but this this album has a bit of both and i and I like both the you know the more higher energy and the and the slower ones too i yeah. mean yeah there there's a lot a lot to take from Anne Berlin. great songwriters, Stevens an awesome vocalist and lyricist and and uh yeah just i I really love this album.
2: Yeah, this is a band that I was pretty heavily into, um, at one point in time. And this it's either this one or cities that I kinda typically go back and forth between, which I think is uh, pretty pretty standard. Yeah. I kinda always pair those two together as well. Yeah. Which is interesting because I do have I sent you a picture earlier today that's like close enough and you're like, To what? And it was a picture of Anne Berlin, their their live record where they played this like never take friendship personal and cities and so I was I was listening to it in you know just just li- never take friendship personal um like on vinyl or whatever just to kinda in prep or whatever. But the, my thing with Anne Berlin over the years is that you mentioned Stephen Christian's vocals and then that's actually what turns me off of the band a lot now. Mm-hmm. I like at the time when I was most into them I probably would have said yeah like he's a great vocalist but like and and I I still think he is but I just find where I'm at now his vocals get on my nerves a little bit at times um I don't know what it is necessarily I can't really pinpoint it but I don't I don't go to back to them a ton anymore however in listening to Never Take Friendship Personal earlier today I was like oh I still enjoy this record yeah. it's just one that I definitely put on you know just at specific times kind of random not one i go back to regularly anymore which is kind of funny because i did listen to it a ton uh when you know back in the mid 2000s early 2010s or whatever when i was most into them but i'd never i don't i never got to see them live i'm trying to think i th- when they did their farewell tour i think they came up here maybe yeah it sounds familiar i, and I, I didn't th- didn't get to it but yeah i thought about going and then i just didn't um for whatever reason but but yeah my final pick, I mentioned earlier, I said this won't be the last time I bring up Brand New on this episode because this band actually has connections to Brand New. It's Saint Hood Reps and their album Monoculture. <laughs> So the band was formed by vocalist, guitarist, Francesco Montesanto, which that's a fun name to say, Francesco Montesanto, <laughs> and the touring guitarist for brand new Derek Sherman. Um, this was actually their first record. It's the only one on my list that was the band's, not the band's second oh, yeah. record. Yeah. This one is interesting to me because I have no idea why this band was on Tooth and Nail. <laughs> like, yeah, so. I don't, as far as I know, like, I don't, you know, and I not to say that obviously every band that was on Tooth and Nail was a quote unquote Christian band, but I, I felt like if bands were on the label, they at least had some sort of tie to the Christian scene. I don't know if these guys did, they only released the one record on Tooth and Nail, they've only got two full lengths out. The second one came out on uh, No Sleep Records, maybe, okay. um, something like that might not have been No Sleep, anyway. Uh, this record, the first time I heard it, I was like, these guys know that Nirvana was a band, right? Like, there are specific songs where I'm like, dude, this sounds like Nirvana. And then I started listening closer and I was like, oh, wait, there's a lot. It took me a second to kind of get into like the whole, they definitely have, you know, like they're 100% a uh, post hardcore band that is influenced by grunge for sure. Um, and there's a whole movement of bands like that. And, when i first heard it though i was like it just sounds so much like you Mm. know those early 90s like not grunge bands like pearl jam and soundgarden obviously but like those nirvana influenced uh more coming from the punk side as opposed to the metal side of grunge or whatever but um but the more i listen to this album the more i've loved it over the years and it it still feels like such a very weird tooth and nail record in a lot of ways that anything that me without you put out felt like a weird tooth and nail record, at least with me without you, you know, and in like a lot of the lyricism, you know, they were, you know, like whether Aaron was like legit just pulling stuff from the Bible or whatever, right? Like you had that side that went, okay, I can kind of see where these guys fit in on the label Uh, with Sainthood Reps. I never understood it, but um, it's such a, it's such a good record and it has a song on it that does something very rare for me. Um, where I like it's the first time I heard it, I immediately put it on again as soon as it ended, and like I was listening mm. to I was listening to the album, and uh, you know, so it wasn't like I was just like putting random songs on, I was listening through the album, and then when the song Hunter came on, it's like the quiet song on the record as soon as it finished, I was like, I'm listening to that again, and awesome. I put it back on again and went through it, and yeah, it's just. I don't know if you were ever into Sainthood Reps. They're a band that has always kind of like intrigued me, and I've sort of tried to follow them a little bit. I didn't like their second record as much. It was called Head Swell. Um, I think I liked it, but like this is the record that just really stuck to me. And when you, this, I'm just reading this now, and I'm like, oh, I 100% get it. It says influences. Cited by the band include Fugazi, who when I was oh, listening yeah. earlier earlier today, I was like, "Oh man, I'm hearing a lot of Fugazi." Uh, Nirvana, Mogwai, The Coen Brothers, The Jesus Lizard, Built to Spill, Dinosaur Jr., Sunny Day Real Estate, Explosions in the Sky, Sonic Youth, My Bloody Valentine, and Yuck. So there's a lot of '90s. Yeah, you know, like I'm like, yeah, it, it for sure comes through. But were you ever, uh were ever any of these guys? And, you know, sorry, their second record was on No Sleep Records. But, oh, okay. Um, were you ever into these guys, or did you ever give them a chance? I listened to this album last week.
1: Um, I mean, I'd seen the name, and I recognized the artwork, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't really anything that caught my attention. Again, it was, wasn't was bad. Like I enjoyed it enough to listen through it to kind of get a sense for what it was. And, yeah, all your thoughts, now that you're saying them, it's like, yeah, okay, that's that yeah. makes sense. But, yeah, again, not not a band I would really be drawn towards
2: i'm still trying to read and find out like how did they sign to tooth and nail because all that i've got is uh they were trying they were intending to record a double ep in march 2010 the band was distracted from that venture by a number of offers from record labels one of those was tooth and nail who had heard their split ep and ultimately signed them so like i don't know how that ended up happening but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i this this is a band i think like they're interesting in the sense that when I first heard them, I was immediately taken by them, and then I kind of forgot about them for a while. And when I went back to them a few years ago, I, I I like kind of like was able to appreciate even more. And if part of that is you know like because over that time I kind of dove further into bands like Dinosaur Jr. like that they mentioned or Fugazi being a big one like stuff like that where I'm like oh now I kind of see where you know, this is kind of coming from a little bit, but, um, yeah, man, they're, they're a band that when I put them on, they're kind of, you know, one song plays and the next song, I'm just like turning it up. And then the next song I'm turning it up, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like, I just want to keep listening louder and louder. So, uh, that's, that's pretty great, but yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you want to shout out any of your, uh, honorable mentions? Oh yeah. We should, we should do some honorable mentions. Cause that was one thing we threw back and forth was just like, there's so much stuff you know, um, I did have, let's see. Well, I mentioned Surrogate earlier. Oh, May, the Everglow would be a big one. Yeah. But but I find with that record, I've gone back to it in uh, kind of more recent years. I did buy it when they did the the vinyl pressing. Uh, I, I picked it up. Like, I, I literally have a child named after this band. Uh, so you know i was like i felt a little weird leave, leaving them <laughs> off the list but as i've gone back yeah. to this album over the years there's a lot of stuff i think i would have trimmed and changes i would have made yeah still a still a neat record but there's just a ton of stuff on there um the fold is another band uh that i was into with yeah, keep were you cool. sick. yeah one that's very probably left field and random would be love and death Uh, and their record between here and lost of course like love and death is brian welch from corn yeah (laughs) every now and then i get in the mood for like to listen to new metal and i just found like that record one of my favorite albums of all time is white pony by deftones and i just found that the kind of angle that brian was taking with new metal with love and death was a little more in line with someone like deftones than it was corn right so it's kind of kind of got into it a little bit but uh what are some of the ones you wanted to shout out
1: Yeah, well, i just there was just kind of one main one that I, that I had mentioned way back with this one when we decided we were only going to mention albums after 2001 and uh, that album is plank eyes commonwealth which oh, was goodness. uh the first uh Tooth and nail full length that I owned. I got it on cassette tape. I don't even really know why I was drawn towards that album because that's kind of when, you know, I was starting to try to find punk albums, but for whatever reason that one stood out as a demo that I listened to, and so I I ordered it. And I remember coming in the mail and my mom putting it under my pillow. And uh <laughs> so I remember at bedtime going, you know, I would usually like listen to music in my Walkman when I went to bed. Like this was I don't know when did this album come out, like, 93 or 94 or something. Um, so I was only, yeah, like, 11 or 12 or something. But, you yeah. know, just, again, just that intrigue of of music I hadn't been exposed to before. And, and because I only got, you know, a new album every three or four months or something, I would just listen yeah. to it over and over again. And so this is one that just solidified itself in my brain as something i liked even though i didn't really know any of the like references or uh, not references but like kind of context to like what their sound was or who they were influenced by it was just something different and uh it's still an album i love going back to you know if it's if that album came out today i probably wouldn't be that drawn to it but um, and i didn't really listen to a whole lot of them after that um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I love Scott Stiletta's vocals on it. And there was just some really cool songs on that album.
2: Man, when I think of Plank Eye, they were never a band that I owned anything by. I purely knew them from, like, obviously, like, the Tooth and Nail compilations. Yeah. And, and like, the I had the, what are the, what was it called? It was, like, the first, however many, it was a DVD that had all their music videos on it. I think it was, like, 1993 to 1999 or okay. whatever it was, right? yeah um, I think of like all of those things, and Plank Eye is definitely yeah. one of those bands that's ingrained in Tooth and Nail, uh, just like the culture for me. But they also give you this like warm, fuzzy feeling inside <laughs> because I I like put them in line with another band who at that time wasn't a Tooth and Nail band that I absolutely loved that would eventually sign to Tooth and Nail, but Bleach. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like w- with their album Space, like that yeah. sits right next to, like, you know, those Plank Eye albums and stuff. And they're like similar in just like, uh, you know, alternative rock bands in the Christian scene that were just like good. Um, and uh, every now and then, I don't think it's on any streaming services, but I get like the craving to listen to Space by Bleach. Yeah, it's not and I'm always on streaming, like, yeah. I'm always disappointed. Yeah, because maybe it's there now. They're one of those bands where randomly I'll check, and you know, because sometimes stuff gets added, right? Like, for instance, Forever. Speaking of Tooth and Nail, Building a Better Me by Dogwood wasn't on Apple Music, and now oh, it weird. Is, so like, hooray! Yeah, uh, I don't, yeah. don't understand why. But um, oh, a- another album I could shout out because it did. It sat on my list for a little bit and then i ended up removing it was uh, southern weather by the almost oh yeah it's it's not either. on stream uh, apple music either and i ended up not adding it because under oath like they like well not under oath but aaron Gillespie and the dudes from under oath just kind of gotten on my nerves a little bit over the last few years so i'm just like uh eh, don't really listen yeah. to them that it, much it, it anymore, is a but, cool album though definitely
1: one uh, of the better kind of solo albums so to speak
2: yeah well and and when i say like even like the guys in under oath getting on, I, like i actually liked erase me like, it's not even a problem with that. It was just, I watched like too many interviews with them when yeah. they're always answering the same questions from reporters, like from not reporter, I guess journalists, whatever. And I was like, just got tired of hearing. Yeah. Them, so, um, but yeah, man, like there's a ton of great stuff that came out. In the, I mean, I guess in the past twenty years, essentially, <laughs> but uh, you know, most of this stuff, I think, I don't know if we had anything. Oh, Monoculture by Sainthood Reps came out after twenty ten. I so I don't know if we had anything. Yeah, blessed
1: by a Broken Heart was twenty twelve. Okay,
2: so oh, is that the newest one? That might be the yeah, newest. Yeah, the newest
1: one. Yeah, Maybe, and I kind of yeah. went through all the newer ones and was like, ah, I haven't spent yeah. enough time with. And with a like these, they've,
2: they've like tooth and nail.
0: Yeah, um, it's so
1: different now, too. So. It
2: is so different, but even just, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, like Tyson Motzenbacher, I think is his name, Yeah, is an artist that they were pushing a fair bit, and I checked him out, and like, I mean, if you like more mellow acoustic stuff, I was really digging him, and I haven't I haven't listened to him in a little bit, but... Yeah, I'm um, sure this stuff is still really good coming out, it's just
1: for I a mean, different crowd.
2: F- oh, 100%, and like for a label to be around as long as like Tooth & Nail has... Like, you're going to adapt, right? Like, we talked about that with Vagrant Records. And even when we get to do them in the future here, like Epitaph, they've got a lot of different stuff on that label now that I'm sure just, like, makes old punk super angry. Yeah. Right? Like, Fat Records, I think, has pretty much, like, stuck to, you know, like, just, like, releasing skate punk and punk records and whatever. I don't think they've ventured too far from that. Right. But, like, most labels, yeah, I'm like, if they're still around, they've made... They've made some adaptations, but it yeah, is but what it is, man. What's cool about so. Tooth and
1: Nails they're still willing to, you know, put out Slick Shoes and this, the Hang the Christmas EP. And, you know, so if they have a relationship yeah. with the band, it's not like, uh, ah, we don't really do that stuff anymore. It's like, yeah, that'd be an awesome opportunity. Like, go exactly. for it. Exactly.
2: Like, they haven't abandoned, you know, that in their past and whatever. And I mean, that was showcased, you know, I mean, I guess it was a number of years ago now, but. When No New Kind of Story came out. Right. And obviously, like, with the labeled podcast, like, when Brandon's kind of popped on here and there from when I've listened and whatever. Like, it's not like they're out of place now where are like, oh, we only release, like, you know, kind of this kind of music. So right. we're just going to ignore our past here. Like, they still... It's all still there. They still yep. embrace it. So that's cool. But, yeah, man, I think that'll... I think that'll wrap this episode up. So, before we get out of here, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. Our personal Instagrams and Twitters are linked there as well. Uh, oh, I should say, part two of this tooth and nail episode uh, part two of this tooth and nail look, uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, it comes up next week. You had the chance to interview uh, Seth Roberts from Watashi Wa. Yeah. So, that's coming out. Uh, find out what he picked. Um, and how many rules he broke in his uh, top five tooth and nail records.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and I, I, I will say their album, The Love of Life, was also on my list, but because we talk about it in that episode, right. I figured I would leave it off of this list. I was
2: I was a big fan of Eager Seas, like that record. Yeah. Um, really dug it too. That I was listening to that around the same time, as I mentioned Surrogate earlier, like a lot of these albums at that time. Um, but, yeah, so go follow us, Growing Punk Pod. Uh, you can find us at growingpunkpod.com. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google, whatever. All the places, Spotify. Tell your friends, share the show. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening. So, yeah. see you next bye-bye. time.